Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers three-game winning streak is over. Dallas 4, Edmonton 1, the final tonight. For the third time this season, the Oilers have a winning streak end at three. They have not won four in a row since just before Christmas last season. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 9.32. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. Connor McDavid did not play in this game. He had a consecutive game streak of 222. He was sick, not able to go. Ryan Spooner also unable to play tonight. So the Oilers went with 11 forwards and 7D. Down one nothing after two periods. Still hanging around in the game. Dallas got a couple of goals in the first seven and a half minutes of the third to really take control. Jujar Kara, who worked pretty hard tonight, broke a 40-game goalless drought with about five and a half minutes left in the third. The Oilers got a late power play, so they pulled their goalie looking for the Hail Mary, but Essa Lindell, while icing the puck, put it in the empty net to round out the scoring. Well, Rob, we, we know, I mean, the, the one of the overall themes for the Oilers this year is depth scoring. Who produces besides Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, or McDavid? So without McDavid, you were hoping you'd get something from somebody else, and the Oilers didn't really get it until it was far too late tonight. Yeah, not a lot of chances, and any chances they had were, were thwarted as as the Dallas Stars had good goaltending and also very good at blocking pucks, getting in shooting lanes, clearing pucks, not allowing second chances. Uh, the Oilers worked hard, but they some the skill was lacking in the offensive zone. They had some good zone time, and it was a, it was a fairly tight game. It was one of those ones where. When it's a one-goal game going into the third, they needed the bounce. They needed the break. And unfortunately for the Oilers tonight, there were two breaks in this game that resulted in both Dallas goals. Um, the one goal, a guy breaks his stick, and it ends up going back door, wide open to a guy, wide open net. He couldn't have made a pass better than he did there. He was trying to shoot. That's why Koskinen was fronting the shooter. And it was a, an unlucky bounce for the Oilers. And then the second goal, a guy driving the net. And he loses control of the puck. It goes right to his teammate's sticks. And both those pucks that went to their teammates were right on their one-timing side. Both players were able just to put it into open net. So the breaks tonight that uh, had been going for the Edmonton Oilers as of late turned against them. And Dallas got the breaks and then a couple silly penalties. And that was the end of the game. Yeah, the Oilers uh, lose 4-1 to Dallas. They're now 13-12-2 on the season. Road record sinks to 6-8-1, 4-2-1 under head coach Ken Hitchcock, who obviously had to do a lot of juggling with the forwards tonight. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. I mean, it's... Uh, 
a little difficult to talk about the line combinations since we saw a lot of them, but Dreisaitl wound up playing a ton, even more than he usually does. He's up around 25 and a half minutes today, 25-21, uh, pardon me, 25-25. Nugent Hopkins plays 23-49, so they lean on those two centers heavily, trying to get something going. Well, they did, but this, the one problem we've seen and we've talked about most of this season is... One player, one of those two will always play with Connor McDavid. So you've got a line that's very good because Connor's playing with a very talented, skilled player. Whoever is not playing with Connor is centering the second line. And when they've had no depth scoring, they have no one that have stepped up as a winger on the second line. Well, when Connor's out and now both Leon and Nuge have to center their own lines, well, now you've got two lines that are going to struggle to find guys that can put the puck in the net five-on-five five from the wings. And we saw that tonight with, with Connor out. All of a sudden, both Leon and R&H are left kind of naked. They, they just don't have that, that winger that has stepped up and played five-on-five five and been able to put the puck in the net. And it was uh, certainly evident tonight in this game as there wasn't a whole lot created five-on-five five by the Edmonton Oilers that really tested the Dallas Stars. Yeah, it was... I mean, I do think the Oilers worked hard today. Yep. I thought Dallas did too. There were not a lot of open scoring chances in in the game. I, I mean, you look at... Uh, okay, last week, first period against Dallas. Edmonton had a lot of chances. Couldn't mm-hmm. score Vegas uh, opening seven or eight minutes last home game on Saturday night. T- uh, tons of chances. Uh, I mean, first period, you know, Cassian has a chance. Dickinson gets the goal for Dallas. Probably a couple each way in the second period, though Dallas had a lot of forechecking late in the period. But yeah, when it comes down to a game where um, you need somebody to score on a rare opportunity, you, you lose a lot of that that muster with with no McDavid there making it making something happen himself, like he did against Vegas or setting somebody. Up. Well, yeah, and a great example was the Vegas game, and I think it was Max Pacioretty from the Golden Knights after the game said, "We are dominating that game." And we're all over them. We're just, we're unfortunate not to have a lead. And then on a broken play, Connor McDavid does something that only Connor McDavid did or can do. And he scored a goal. And all of a sudden, the whole game turned on that one play by McDavid. Uh, without McDavid in the lineup tonight, the, the Oilers, to generate offense, to create goals, they, have to, they don't have that one quick strike player. Now they've got to work. And, it, and it's just nonstop battle, battle, compete, compete, and hope for a break. Well, the battle and the compete were there for the Oilers tonight. They just didn't get the break, and that was, I mean, it it did them in. Dallas got the two breaks tonight, and and the Oilers didn't. Dallas was the better team, but it was a closely fought game. I think Hitch will be excited about the effort. It's just the finish just wasn't there. 4-1, Dallas wins it. Jujar Kerr, the only goal from the Oilers. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. We'll get to some of your feedback in a couple of minutes. But let's go back to Dallas. Here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's a good game coming off the homestand like that and then Well, I thought we were in a pretty good spot again going into the third, but they just uh, got that one and then we had to early in the third and we deflated a little bit and uh, didn't have a good enough pushback so that was kind of kind of the uh, end result. Was it a matter of a couple of balances just not going the way for example Leon's 2 on 1 easily could have slid under and opens back there? Well I mean it definitely helps if you can um, get one or two um, to bring it even going into the third period but I mean the fact is we didn't and uh, so we got to stick with it but uh, that definitely uh, I mean it's up to us to, to be able to stick with it and uh, push back and for the most part uh this year and lately uh, we've, we've stuck with it well and uh, just tonight we just uh, didn't have a good enough pushback. Uh, sounds like the team didn't know about Connor's uh, mobile playing tonight until 
guys got through the rink. How much of a wrench does that throw in in terms of getting in a mojo? Because the lines are kind of just jumbled all over. Um, well, I mean, uh, him and Spoons uh, losing them. Um, obviously, it's a it's a bit of an it's an impact to, to the lineup. You're playing with 11 forwards. Uh, guys are getting shuffled around a little bit. Um, but I don't think that was too big an issue throughout the whole game. Um, I thought we adjusted pretty well right off the bat. And um, but like I said, I mean, it just kind of came down to we didn't bear down our chances, and uh, they got that early one uh, in the third period, and uh, we didn't respond well enough. That's Ryan Nugent Hopkins in Dallas. Oilers lose 4-1 to the Stars. 1-0 after two. He referenced the early one in the third. Richie scored. And then Cassian uh, takes a penalty on Jamie Ben. Ben comes back and gets the power play to make it 3-0. I mean, that was really the backbreaker. And then, you know, okay, Jujar gets the goal. But even then, the Oilers, like I said earlier, are in Hail Hail Mary territory down 3-1 3-1 if everything would have gone the same and it's 2-1 maybe that changes the end of the game but I know uh, you were we were talking about the casting penalty when we saw it happen it's it's just a silly penalty at a silly time you know when you're when you're down a game or you're down a couple goals in a game in the third period you just you can't uh, seek retribution you can't uh, get selfish and that's what it was he wanted to throw a big head on Ben and Ben is coming towards him. And if you watch the video, the puck is coming up to Cassian on the boards. He lets the puck go to try and hit Ben. And doesn't hit Ben a lot, but he clips him. And Ben didn't have the puck, so it was an easy call. And it's just silly. And you know, those are the ones that when you go after a star player and take a silly penalty, they're going to make you pay. And he makes them pay on the, the power play scoring the goal. So uh, that is something that we've seen a little bit out of Cassian this year. you got to play on the edge. But there's a time. There's a time and place to do that. In the third period, trailing by two is not the time. Dallas beating Edmonton 4-1. Anton Kudobin, 28 saves on 29 shots. Miko Koskinen takes the loss, 21 saves on 24 shots against Dallas. Got their final goal into an empty net. We have Phil on line one. Hey, Phil, go ahead. Hey, one of the first, one of the first things that I want to say is uh, about tonight's game, you can bet your bottom dollar that both teams really wanted to win this one. The Oilers wanted to win it for, for Hitch, and Dallas wanted to win it in spite of Hitch. <laughs> fair enough. I think, a, I think that's a fair statement, number one. Okay. Number two, um, I want to I wanna th- thank, thank uh, uh, Jack, Eichels, or Jack Michaels here for the job that he did tonight. He uh, stuck with the play-by-play instead of wandering off into uh, statistics and whatnot. I think that was really good on him. Number three, Chirelli. Um, Chirelli, um, he's got himself in a tough position here. If we look at the numbers, as a manager, he's got to look at the numbers. And we've got four players that are eating up almost half of our salary cap, which makes it tough to get other players to fill high-profile roles with knowing full well that the dollars and cents are not available to them which really put Shirelli in a tough position, okay? Now, he got rid of Todd, and I, I personally, I'm seeing a big change in the atmosphere with Hitchcock as compared to Todd. Hitchcock is always on the positive to the media. What he does in the dressing room is he kicks the shit out of the garbage can. That's Okay, watch the language, Phil. Watch the language, yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you bet. Um, so he kicks the garbage can, and, and that happened in the dressing room, and with with Hitchcock, I'm, I'm seeing that what happens in the dressing room stays in the dressing room. He comes out, he faces the media, he faces the world with a positive attitude. 
positive responses. He's, he's not coming down on anybody as compared to what I was hearing out of Todd. Okay. Another thing, what uh, something that I picked up on what Hitchcock said here the other day when Vegas was here, he sp- he spoke of, of Vegas's energy. He said that uh, Las Vegas earlier in the season was playing off of last year's energy, yeah. and now they're playing off of this year's energy. And that's something that I think that we in Edmonton, we have to expand that statement to. We can't be playing off the energy of 30 years ago. We have to be, or, or three years ago for that matter. Okay. Well, I think we, I, I think last year they tried to play off the previous season's energy. I don't know if 30 years ago relates to a lot of the guys that well, were, we're, were talking, born, we obviously. Watched, I, went, I went past, uh, I went past Rexall Place here the other day, okay? And on the south side of Rexall Place, there is 1990, Grant Fear, Wayne Gretzky. You know what? That's 30 years ago, buddy. Okay? And, and you know what? Half of, or 30% of our fan base, okay, wasn't even born in 1990. Right. Okay? We got to stop, like I say, living off the energy of 30 years ago. Are you talking about the players or are you talking about the, the fans? I'm talking mostly about the media. I think the fans realize it. Okay, the fans are sick and tired of hearing Kevin Lowe, Wayne Gretzky, McTavish. Okay, when, when we walk past, when we want to go to a game, okay, we want to see Nugent Hopkins and Lucic instead of People that you know are in the past. I All think. Right. I think that. I think that last year, as you said, we were riding off the energy of two years ago, and two years ago. I think we were right, all pretty much riding on the, the McDavid honeymoon. All right. Okay. Now that's in the past. Phil, can you wrap her up here, buddy? What's that? Can you wrap her up quick? We got other people to get to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just you know, just a, uh, one more thing. Uh, goaltending. I think Koskinen is definitely our number one. Uh, it's fairly obvious. It was fairly obvious that Talbot was going to be playing in St. Louis. Okay, since Hitchcock came here, Talbot gave him a, uh, Hitchcock gave Talbot a good chance in L.A. Talbot let us down. And I mean, us as fans. Okay. Oh, I, I disagree on that one. I, I thought Talbot played well okay, in L.A. Well, I'm running out of time here. Um, yeah, Phil, we got to go, okay, buddy? You may... He's going to be given a second chance in St. Louis. Yeah. If he let us down again, I think we got to start looking at getting rid of him, buddy. That's okay. my opinion. Thanks, Phil. Pre- appreciate the you, you put a lot of energy into your thoughts, so we appreciate it. We just got to get to some other people, and we want to get to one of the people he was talking about. Here's Oilers head coach, Ken Hitchcock. It was kind of the day progression to the point where he couldn't play. Uh, well, it went up and down. You know, we was out, he was in, he was out, he was in. In the end, he was out, both him and Spooner. We're, uh, we're out, so you got to move on. I mean, you got to be able to win games if you're missing one guy. It's not the end of the world. And you have two centers, right side of the new to most teams don't have if you're stars. Yeah, I mean, we, we're lucky because we got those two guys. I mean, they were, they were both really good players in the game today. Uh, like I said, we... We played very, very well until uh, they got their second goal. I, th- I thought they took over the last five minutes of the second period, but I thought I thought we really played well. And then they went, I th- when they got their second goal, uh, that took some wind out of our sails. And then, you know, I, I thought we we probably dropped a little bit after that, but we we played a hell of a hockey game for almost 40 minutes, and and then no, no reward for it. Goals they scored two were kind of goals.
Beatles were. The first two were fluky. Uh, that guy fanned on both passes. Yeah, both passes kind of were fluky, but you know what, Jim? You, you're, you're not going to win scoring one goal on the road. You, you're looking for perfection, and uh, I think... I just I don't think we spend enough time in the zone, so it, it creates a problem as far as maintaining presence and pressure. But like I said, there was a lot of good players for us tonight, and there was a lot of guys that, to me, we're, we were either above the bar with a lot of guys or below the bar, nothing in between. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's, that's not conducive to winning hockey games. So you've, you've defensively you've been really good since you've been here, but you just not scored enough. Well, the team hasn't scored enough goals all season, really. Yeah, but I, I think it's also, I, I th you could talk about scoring goals, but I think a lot of it is zone time. You know, we, we, we started to show an increase in zone time in Edmonton, but we're... We didn't have enough zone time. You know, Dallas is a really good team, and uh, and they don't let you spend a lot of time in there if you can't hang on to the puck and protect it. And and uh, we weren't able to do that to sustain enough pressure. We had some real good looks at it, but we didn't have enough zone time to sustain pressure. You did a good job against the band line for the most part, except for when they picked it for at least half the game, they weren't doing anything. Yeah, well, probably two thirds of the game. You know, they got their they got their goal on the power play, but. Anytime you can come in and shut down those good players, that's a good thing. And we, like I said, we, you know, we had some guys, a lot of guys that were above the bar, and then we had guys that were below the bar. And that's, uh, you know, if you're going to win on the road, especially with the way we're built right now, we're going to need a lot of participants. Role players, forwards, busted by. Well, I thought uh, JJ uh, was was really good for us. I thought Raddy gave us good minutes. Uh, I thought Pulharvi gave us Pulharvi gave us good minutes. I mean, they gave us a lot of good minutes, and that's a good sign, you know. Yeah. Just defensively, yeah, but not as not that many. Not you know, you limit a team like that to 24, 25 shots on goal. We we didn't make that many mistakes. You know, some of them, a couple ended up in our net, two fluky ones. But we didn't. Uh, other than the five minutes at the end of the second, which hurt us a little bit, uh, we didn't make a lot of mistakes. So overall, there's some good things, and then there's some things we got to work on. All right, that's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock with Jim Matheson <laughs> doing all the asking. Uh, it was a one-on-one. -on -one. Anything stand out for you there, Rob? No, I, I think he, he more or less is saying what we, we thought. We thought the Oilers worked hard. Uh, they There were certain players that stood out for, for the Oilers, had good games, but there wasn't enough. And, and he, he talked about the two, the two fluky goals. And I, I agree. I don't think the Oilers gave up a whole lot against. I, I, you know, when you're playing against the other team, you're playing against the Dallas Stars, and they've got a line with Sagan and Ben. Eventually, Radulov was on that line as well. They didn't create a whole lot. And they got a couple chances. They got the goal on the power play. So there's a lot of positives that Hitch liked, but most of the positives were in the defensive end. Mm -hmm. And as Hitch said, if you're going on the road and you're scoring one goal, very rarely do you win a hockey game on the road with just one goal. And they didn't create near enough to, to put a whole lot of stress on the Dallas Stars in this hockey game. Dallas winning at 4-1. That does it for the Oilers' three-game winning streak. We have Nick on line two. Hi, Nick. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. That's good. Uh, I have a couple of questions. Uh, my first question is, why is it that uh, Edmonton, for some reason, it seems like the, the farm team for the rest of the NHL. Uh, players that are you know pretty good players come here they can't do anything and then they go elsewhere and they blossom that's number one and number two kind of back to the same point uh pulley 
like I've watched his highlights on YouTube. This guy was amazing. He was basically the Connor McDavid for Team Finland or whatever team he was on. Like he was a stud. Here, he can't even he he, he can't even hit the net sometimes. All right, and thanks, Nick. Well, the, with Pulley Arby, when you see the highlights, he was playing against juniors. And the one advantage Pulley Arby had when he played juniors is his size. He is a big, strong man. He was a man-child. So he, a lot of the players that he was playing against have gotten bigger. Once he gets to the NHL, he's playing against men now. So the advantage he had is gone. And for, for Pulley Arby, when he has success... When you see the spurts from him where you say, okay, maybe he's turning the corner, he's moving his feet. When he struggles is when his feet stop moving and he starts gliding. In junior hockey, a man his size with a pretty good shot can get away with having slow feet or get away with not moving your feet because he could absorb things. They're not going to knock him off the puck. So he could still have success. Uh, He's he's still a a work in progress. Um, There's still... Uh, a skill and and talent in that body, but he's got to learn to play it at the right level. I mean, Yakupov, watch his highlights before he came to the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, junior is just overwhelming yeah, people in junior. Yeah, you come to the National Hockey League; it's a man's game, and you got to be able to play it at this level. And play RB. It at that level. Yeah, and yeah. and think, and that's the biggest thing. I'm not sure. Yes, he has figured it out. The thinking man's game at this level yet. All right, Oilers lose four-one to Dallas. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game which they haven't been able to do under Hitch quite yet. We you, we will turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon. Free appetizer, Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, north side. 4-1, Dallas over Edmonton. Chris from Phoenix is calling in tonight. Hello, Chris. Hey, a uh, couple, couple of callers ago, a uh, gentleman was talking uh, smack regarding uh, our uh, old players of the past and and as an Oiler fan, I've been an Oiler fan for my entire life. Um, and uh, I have no problem seeing Wayne Gretzky, Kevin Lowe, Mark Messier, uh, Yari Curry, those players anywhere in the city, anywhere on Rexall. Because those players, until the players of today on our team go through what those players went to, went through and break bones and bleed and bleed for the city and bleed for the team and bleed for the fans, we're never going to see those the new players' pictures up there. And I have nothing against Connor. Connor is amazing. And Connor, I'm not I'm not talking about Connor. I'm talking just in general for the last I'd say 15 years of Oilers hockey. So until until that changes, until those players do exactly what the players of old done, then I am I am fine with seeing those those old players. All right. Um, as far as as far as the Oilers, I have I have told uh, told you guys many times. Um, the Oilers are lacking um, depth. They're lacking talent after Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. Yeah, big time. I have no problem. I have no problem with the four players that we're that we're paying that covers fifty percent of our cap. The only player that should not be there is Luch. Nugent Hopkins is, is getting paid above or below what he should probably get paid because he's an amazing player. Dreisaitl is over a point of point of game player right now. And McDavid is just otherworldly. So we should be paying McDavid fifteen million dollars, and he would still <laughs> probably be well worth it. Uh, we, we're seeing we're seeing the Oilers right now for what they are. And with McDavid, who is otherworldly, he 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 turns us into an above average team. Without McDavid, we are a mediocre to just below average team. Yeah, that's so fair. In, yeah, thanks, Chris. 
welcome. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's going to be an ongoing theme. And uh, um, I mean, the, one of the previous callers brought it up. I mean, that that is primarily, there are other factors, but I think that is primarily on, on Peter Shirelli. And I, I can't remember if it was you and me doing the show, Rob, or I was doing Inside Sports. And somebody said, well, Winnipeg and Toronto have drafted high. Mm-hmm. like the Oilers, and got awesome players, Matthews and Line, and look how good they're doing. Well, the team's structured better around it, right? They've developed other prospects better. They've made, um, be- well, I mean, the, the Leafs had an advantage with Tavares being from Ontario, yeah. so maybe that's not quite a comparable, but they've they've built better around mm-hmm. those players. Most of that is on the general manager. I mean, sure, there's coaches, players have to live up to it. That's why Shirelli's under fire. I don't want to turn this into a Shirelli show today, because I think that's going to be a storyline as we go later into the season, but that's the Coles notes of why they're not deep enough. Well, I think Chris said it best. With McDavid, this is a team that can compete with anyone on any given night. Without McDavid in the lineup, this team becomes an average hockey club. Yeah. yeah I think he's completely on the ball. 100% right on that. 4-1, Dallas beating... Edmonton, this evening, uh, this texter says other teams have had the same issues about players blossoming elsewhere. Uh, players that had no success with other teams have had success here. Maroon, Ratty, Chason, just to name a few. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that, that, that's fair. I think as an Oilers fan, you focus on the guys who leave and are really good elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The Oilers have, have picked up some guys off, off the scrap heap or who looked like they, they weren't wanted and, uh, and, and have done okay. Obviously not enough. <laughs> to, to be, to be uh, in the. You know what? I, I've said this before, and this is just a little bit of a side. I, I think the bigger problem is that the Oilers have had over the years is they've had a lot of guys who, after they left the Oilers, they didn't play in the NHL. Yes, like they weren't, and, and you know, guys who worked like Clinkhammer, you know, mm-hmm. worked his butt off. He didn't play in the NHL after. You know, Belanger, uh, Scrivens was barely in the NHL. Ryan Jones after Ryan Jones, like they had a lot of guys that they said, "Oh no, we think this guy is good." And the rest of the NHL was like, well, <laughs> you, you, you can have them. You know, you know. I mean, sure, I know there's the, you know, Petries that they, they let get away and, and Dubnik, for sure. Those are important players. But I think the bigger problem is the Oilers assessed guys and said, oh, this guy can help. And he couldn't help. And then other things were like, yeah, he, we, he can't help. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to uh, take you into the 10 o'clock news here. We have Brad, Dylan, and Tony. Up next on the phone lines, we have Leon Dreisaitl standing by as well. We're looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063. On the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Lightning beat the Devils 5-1. Predators knock off the Sabres 2-1. In the NBA, the Raptors lose 106-103 to Denver. Monday Night Football has Philadelphia get by Washington 28-13. The Edmonton Oil Kings unveiled their teddy bear toss jerseys today. I love them. You can get pictures on 630Ched.com. All right. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 4-1, Dallas beating Edmonton. The game presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. 
This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 10. Bayreuther, middle of the ice, Sagan. Ben, back to a one-timer. What a save made by Koskinen. He got across and stopped Devin Shore. Koskinen save of the game for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game, jiffyloopservice.ca, but Koskinen not quite able to weave the magic that he did on home ice last week. Dallas beating Edmonton 4-1. Oilers fall to 13-12-2 on the season. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I just quickly want to mention this, Rob. Uh, our friends over at Global News are having a give-me-shelter all-day donation drive so this is at the global edmonton studios 5325 allard way people know where it is off uh, 51st avenue there edmontonians can drop off donations of gift cards toiletries and new unwrapped gifts for women and children of all ages and uh, we're going to have folks from global news folks from 6:30 chad helping out there from seven to midnight tomorrow i'm going to be there from two to two thirty so you can say hi if you want and anybody who uh drops by and drops something off will be entered in a chance to uh, enter for a chance to win tickets to see Michael Bublé. Oh, nice. At Rogers Place on April 15th. Well, and that then, would be pretty cool. And then the winners will be announced on the uh, Global Morning News December 5th. No, that's... Uh, so there you go. No, I'm good for you for going over and helping out with that. A great cause. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Brad is on line four. Hey, Brad. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, we're doing well. Um, so first off, I thought, I mean, it wasn't a bad game. A couple bad bounces. Things happen. Nothing you can do about it. Yep. Uh, I, got, I got two questions, though, here. Uh, first off, so why are we paying Leon so much when he, the guy doesn't back check, can't seem to have his own line, and majority of his points seem to come with Connor, much like a lot of other players? Um, like, have we not proven that you don't need huge contracts to make an impact and have depth? Because currently, without Connor, R&H, and a few other guys, who else do we really have? Um well, I was, I, 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 Brad, I don't have much to say to that. I mean, I, I was a little surprised he got eight and a half. I thought he was probably getting seven or seven and a half, given his production the, the year coming into the contract. I, obviously, there's some things to work on in his game, and I think keeping his feet moving is, is one of them, Rob. Yeah, it, 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 but having said that, he is a guy that's averaging over a point a game. He was a top 10 point producer in the National Hockey League. He's, he's having another fairly strong year. Uh, you, you start looking at when you talk about the fact that he's got to run his own line, is it him that's not getting it done or is the fact that he's got no one to play on the wings? I mean, right now, every time Leon Dreisaitl plays with Connor McDavid, they have success. And R&H struggles, not struggles um, point-wise on the second line. They'll move R&H up, he'll play with Connor. He has a ton of success. And Leon goes down to play on the second line, and he struggles point-wise. So to me, it's the fact that the Oilers don't have anyone on the wings that Leon and R&H can create with. I mean, both Leon and R&H are passers. They think pass first. If you've got nobody to pass the puck, then put the puck in the net, you're going to struggle. It's something that we talked about at the beginning of the season. We thought the biggest problem for the Oilers was going to be depth on the wings, and we're seeing it right now. So uh, I, I understand there are warts still in Leon's game, and maybe the contract's a little higher than he is, but Leon is a great hockey player. And the fact that he doesn't produce when he runs his own line, I think is more of a reflection on the players he plays with and less a reflection on him. Yeah, it's a good question, though, Brad. Right. What's your other one? Yeah, so um, then going on after that, so now I know you guys don't want to make this in a kind of a Shirelli fest, but I um, shine with my dad a little bit. So... Um, why is Shirley made good on 
or seemed to make good on all these small trades and small pickups, but then butchered these high end trades. That's that's a great. <laughs> you're, yeah. I know you've nailed it, Brad. If we knew, yeah. So, oh, sorry. Uh, like, then do you guys think that the guys above Shirley are making these uh, like making these options or making these trades, and then just Shirley's a fall guy? No, no, I think he's he's running. I think he obviously talks to people, but I, he's 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 the guy. Given. Keith Gretzky are, are the guys, but it all comes down. Peter Shirelli has last last word on any of this. This is yeah, he did. This is here. his team. Yes, this is his team. Yeah, he, he's president of hockey operations. He's he's making the calls. So I I don't have much doubt about that. Four one Dallas beating Edmonton tonight. Is our is Glenn our finish the play guy? Hey Glenn, how's it going? Good yourself. Good. You ready to finish the play? Sure. All right. If you get this right, your name goes into the draw for a one hour rental fast track indoor karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast track carding Edmonton.com. Leon drives settle right hand side. Back to Kara. Backhander save it. Rebound score. And Jujar Kara has scored his first goal in 41 games. All right, Glenn. Uh, that is Jujar Kara breaking a long goalless drought tonight. Was his last goal on March 5th against Arizona? Or was it against Dallas? Don't Arizona. say Dallas. It was Arizona. It was Arizona. Good stuff, Glenn. Stay on the line. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Tony standing by. Good to hear from you, Tony. What's going on? Yeah, hey, I have a couple questions for you guys. That's what I heard what you guys were saying. Um, my first question is, how do we become? As you guys said, the Oilers are a mediocre team. When McDavid's not on, the, when McDavid's not playing, how do we change that? And okay, well let's uh, let's answer that first. I, I think first of all they have to hope for some younger players to become support scorers, whether that's Puliyarvi or Yamamoto. Uh, that I think that's number one is that you always hope that you have depth from within because if you're constantly patching holes with trades and free agencies, it, mm-hmm. it's going to catch up to you. Uh, after a while. And again, they're they're not in a great position to make a lot of trades. So that's my quick answer to that one. What's your other one? Um, my other one is is uh, the first line was Lutic, um, Lutic, Dreisaitl, and uh, Chason. Most do of the time. Think, do you think that we could have put maybe Cassian on that first line because he is faster, he could keep up with uh, he could keep up with uh, Dreisaitl and Chason. Like I have nothing bad about the fact of how we teach how fast he's gotten, but do you think it would have been better for us to put um, Cassian on that first line with Jason and Drysdale because he is faster? Um, I mean, what have we seen in Cassian's game this year offensively that would lead you to think that he would be better on the first line? I mean, it's it's a crapshoot. There's nobody right now that is producing on the wings other than Chason, who, who's had some success, most of it on the power play, but it's been a nice find. And Kajula was had a little streak. Outside of those two, nobody's producing. So, I mean, you could, you could flip a coin to see who you're going to put on the, the first line, the second line, the third line. And as the game went on, the lines were rolled uh, all over the place. When you only have 11 forwards, and then eventually you lose, you know, Cassian for 10 minutes. Now you were down to 10 forwards. Uh, Ken Hitchcock was was rolling the dice with whoever he put on the ice. So I, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if Cassian would have been better or worse, but there's nothing in Cassian's game that I've seen as of late offensively that would think, you know, we better get him up on the first line because tonight's the night he's going to break out. Kara's been the, the one of the best depth players recently. Yep, I he thought. has. 
But, and, and having said Even that, before we, he scored yeah. tonight, we were saying he's having a good game. And having said he's that, involved. he's got one goal in exactly. 41 games. Exactly. Uh, this texter says, do you think Shirelli is actively shopping Lucic? What's the chances of him getting traded by the end of the season? Well, I would say not good because he has a no-movement clause. Mm-hmm. And he's making $6 million and he virtually never scores. You know, <laughs> yep. he, does, he does other things, but the whole package right now is not worth $6 million. I know there were rumors last year about possible discussions or, or hey, Luch, you know, how you got, you know, or maybe he was, but... But at the end of the day, he still has to approve anything. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if you're looking for a trading partner, you got to find someone that wants to pay twenty-four million dollars over the next four years for someone that has two goals in seventy-five games. Yeah. So yeah, you can you can actively look as much as you want. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of takers on that. Earlier tonight, on the Face-Off Show, Face-Off Trivia. Who was the first ever general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers? They hired a new one today, Chuck Fletcher. And I said there was an Edmonton connection. I heard your hint, and I still... To the Edmonton Flyers, Bud Poyle. Oh, no way. Dave knew that. His name goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card from Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. How about that? That's very good. I didn't I didn't know that one. I, I was driving in when you said that on air, and I had no idea. And because you can't use a phone in your car, I didn't Google. I appreciate that, Rob. Mm-hmm. It's 1013, Rocket and uh, Dylan up next on the phone lines. Oilers lose four. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. For one of the stars, Oilers Hockey presented by Osman Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. All right, final score tonight. Dallas 4, Edmonton 1, Dickinson, Richie, Ben, then Kara got one back for Edmonton, Lindell, long one into an empty net shorthanded. 4-1 Dallas wins it along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We have Dylan calling in. Hello, Dylan. Hi. Um, I just have a few questions here. So I understand that um, down the center line you need some depth there, but how come... Ken Hitchcock didn't try putting Nugent Hopkins with Dreisaitl. Oh, today I don't. I don't think that they would do that today without McDavid. Because then, then, no. then who are your other three centers? Then you're really, really short. Because Spooner didn't play that's today true. either, Dylan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And um, I also had another question. So, um, Cassian went to the box, right? And then he came out. But how come they sent him back in for ten minutes? Because he lipped off. Oh, he did. Okay, I didn't see that. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Jeff is on line three. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Reed. Hello. A couple of quick things. Kind of looking forward to Zekoff playing. Uh, hopefully, he's in the top six because the guy possesses a heavy wrist shot. Um, my other question is, how come the Oilers didn't take a chance on Sherback as well? Because you're picking up guys for nothing now. And that's another secondary score you could potentially look at. 
I honestly don't yeah, know a whole not, lot I'm about not him. Sure. Uh, well, the Kings the Kings would have had first choice, though, right? Because didn't the Kings claim him? Yeah, the Kings claimed him, um, but I'm just curious. I don't I don't know if the Oilers put in a claim. Um, like the teams that miss out on claims, you don't generally know. Uh, but since the Kings are last, they would get the player if they put if they put in a claim. So I'm oh, not sure okay. if the Oilers try because it goes after no in October it goes by reverse order of standings from the previous season. Once it gets November, it goes by the standings of that day. So the poor teams get first choice at the players on on waivers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there any word when he's actually going to suit up finally? No, I don't know. I guess there's some visa issues with Zekoff, so I don't know when we're going to see him. Hopefully soon, especially if guys are still sick on Wednesday. All right. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, Jeff. Before we get to Rocket, let's go back to Dallas. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Um, I thought we played solid for, um, you know, maybe the first two periods, and then we... You know, got the got the second goal against, and um, you know, our, our heads kind of went. Uh, uh, they sunk sunk down on us a little bit, and, and it was hard to, to get out of it. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's all I have. Kind of turned into a spirited tilt at times in that third period. Is that is that signs of the team just you know wanting to fight back no matter what the circumstances? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, we have guys that um, you know want to stick up for each other, and um, you know if that happens, and then obviously we're uh, we're the first team that, uh, you know, like I said, sticks up for each other. But um, you know, it's not so much about sticking up for each other. We shouldn't really uh, get to that point. You know, we um, that we played a solid game through two periods, and we kind of um, let them off the hook a little bit. So uh, it's something we got to do better. Leon, did you know this morning that Connor was going to play that you have to? All right, Leon Dreisaitl played a ton tonight, did get an assist on the Jujar Kara goal. Chris Weidman assisted his first point mm-hmm. as an Oiler, but that's all the Oilers got. They lose 4-1 to the Dallas Stars. All right, Rocket is on the line. Hey, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? Good. So the one timer, like the very first goal, like there were, there's a few points I want to make, and the first is like the one timer on the first goal that the broken stick and goes right to yep. Pedersen, I think it was. Uh, Dick Dickinson scored. Yep. He's got like a big smile on his face. Like really, you know, without McDavid, like that's that's the first bad thing that could happen to you. I thought the team actually played really well, and to be honest with you, like. I saw Milan Lucic. It was like he got shot out of the cannon. With, like he was skating like McDavid, chasing a puck into the offensive zone. And like this guy is not slow. No, like, he, so I he's not slow I, straight ahead. Actually, yeah, like like north-south. Yep. Yeah, I get it, east-west. Yeah. But north-south, like, wow. Uh, pretty impressive, but... Uh, you know, overall, I you know it was a loss, but uh, it was a loss because of of what what you guys are talking about earlier. It was lack of depth in scoring and just lack of finishing. Right? If we'd have finished, like Drysaddle was like wide open there, he finishes that. It's one one. It's a different game. And Rob, I have a question for you. Do you think Hitchcock coached differently 
being down in that game and maybe, you know, not playing his normal routine without McDavid and kind of, you know, altering it. Do you you think that had, like, I mean, he's a very smart coach and I absolutely love him because he's from Edmonton. Yeah, thanks, Rocket. Um, I, I I don't think they coached a whole lot different. I think that what we've seen as of late, the Oilers aren't scoring a lot of goals, even with McDavid in the lineup. They're trying to practice... Uh, good defense first, and then uh, you know win it. I mean, Hitch would love to win every game one nothing because that means you made no mistakes in your own zone and you and you got your goal. Like he he, he likes the the pressure on the forecheck. He likes zone time, and he must have mentioned it two or three times in his post-game speech. He wanted offensive zone time. We need more zone time. We're not creating enough because we didn't have enough zone time. So he's into that. So I, I don't think he changed a whole lot. The problem, the thing that changed for him was he didn't have his game breaker. And they worked hard tonight. They, they, you know, they battled. They competed. Uh, there was some good physicality, sticking up for teammates. But when you, you you're missing your, your ace, um, and you don't have a lot of other, you know, offensive weapons that uh, are consistent enough, you find yourself in trouble. And that's why you you go on the. I mean, they scored ten goals in their six games under Ken Hitchcock. Uh, in the last, sorry, in the last six games, they're not scoring. They're playing good defense, but uh, they're not scoring, and they don't have enough depth players right now to put the puck in the net. All right, that wraps it up for tonight. The Oilers lose four-one to the Dallas Stars. Our next broadcast, four-thirty face-off show on Wednesday, six o'clock for the drop of the puck as the Edmonton Oilers visit the St. Louis Blues. Bob Stoffer will have inside. We'll have Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. All have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy. He's our studio producer this evening. Of course, you can always get more on 630ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line, Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. 4-1 Dallas takes it. Have a great night. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.